What's going on, everybody? It's the What To Do podcast. I'm here with a special guest today up in a special place. This is one of my favorite places to come and relax and to um, just have a good time. Um, so I'm here with my my dad, a.k.a. Wayne Romans. What's going on? Hello, everybody. <laughs> so um, we're going to set the record straight because uh, on podcast with Tessa, we were talking about um, Hakumba, and um, my dad has to set the record straight with something. So, all right. So, yeah, I, I was listening to Tessa and Cody's podcast, and they brought up how they used to love to go to Hakumba Hot Springs, the resort. I said <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, it. I think it does say Hot Springs because resort. there was ton. There was a springs right there, right? Yeah, and and that's. So to tell you a little history of Hakumba Hot Springs, back in the day, uh, the movie stars, and it was big time, they had this really big hotel, and all the movie stars would go up there, and they have pictures all over the walls of the old times, you know. No the, way. Yeah. Whoa. Well, and, and you know, the ones with the bathing suits and everybody's wearing uh, white. Oh, okay. it was old, a long yeah. time ago. But big time movie stars used to go up there and get away because the hot springs there is known for some of the most mineral hot springs. They compare it to some of the greatest hot springs in Germany. So that big hotel burned down and it, it just burned down. No, it burned oh. down. I don't know, some time ago, but. They had this little overflow hotel. It was like a little motel, I guess. It was this little horseshoe shape with a pool. And with the pizza place attached to it. It was a restaurant. Uh, but they made the best pizzas. This is the best pizza. But uh, it's so, funny how my mind, like as a kid, I thought, that's a pizza grotto right there. <laughs> it's just a restaurant. <laughs> but uh, so this couple, it was a... Uh, Mexican guy, I think his name was Felix or something, and he married this German lady, and they bought they bought that little motel, and they fixed it up, and she was amazing. She was a gardener, and so she planted trees, made fish ponds, just turned it into a garden, you know, and the they brought some german chefs with them i guess they were the friends and you could tell they were german because they did not shave especially the ladies is german yes <laughs> he probably talked like it too but they were the best chefs so they had an incredible restaurant there so you went up to this place and if you've ever been to Akumba, it's a little road off of nowhere and you could walk from that motel across the border so you just walk and you'd go to this little Mexican place right across the border, and there was no fence there at the time, and that was just the most awesome place to go. Nobody knew about it, and the hot springs were wonderful. You know, the pool was heated, and they had the the jacuzzi and everything. Yeah. And, and uh, what happened is the guy, the man, he got involved in trafficking people i guess that's what you call it mules or yeah whatever. so he'd let them come over and the coyotes would take everybody and put them in the empty rooms until a certain time and then get picked up and go across the country or something yeah well he got caught 
Yeah, we thought it was a front, a shell company for the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the cartel. And that's a little too small for a shell company. But sometimes they do do small stuff. Yeah. Small time. Well, he ruined it. So, yeah, he got caught. And I guess he got thrown in prison. And then the son took it over. And I, I think it's never the same. But yeah, you kids used to go up there and love it because they would buy like fireworks on the 4th of July. We'd go out on the main road and we'd let off fireworks. Oh yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? It's Also too, if you hear the chiming in the back, that's my dad's um, grandfather clock. So yeah. I refuse to quiet it. He will not quiet that thing. It's going to chime for this whole time. So, yeah. But that's part of the ambiance of being up here too. So one of the big things that, with this place up here, I saw this place from the ground up. You know, I saw it bare bones of <clears throat> being up here and clearing out brush and stuff like that. And I, I've never really, you know, I've asked my dad about his vision. And I remember when we lived at the Bonita house and sometimes I'd see on the computer looking up, you know, how cabins look and the, the wood finish that you wanted and the chimney and, you know, everything. And I've always just wondered, like, what was your your vision? Uh, you know, I saw your vision come to true, but what? why did you want to live in a cabin, you know, up here in Julian? Well, I guess ever since I was a small kid, I used to tell my mom, Mom, when I grow up, I'm going to build me a cabin in the middle of nowhere, like the wilderness. And I just would always tell her that, and I... I I just love the outdoors and it was just part of something that I wanted to do. And I got a chance and I, I, I used to, uh, just drive all over, you know, I'd go to Descanso or Alpine or Pine Valley and, and my friend Scott, he had, uh, his dad left him a small cabin. Scott Rasmussen, shout out to Scott. <laughs> got to give a shout out to Scott. AKA Plunker. <laughs> I won't say the other one. <laughs> you guys don't like that one. Uh, yeah, I, I, I diaper Dan. No, that, that was my nickname. Yeah, diaper Dan and E Powder is your diaper. No, <laughs> Captain Powder. No. Okay, sorry. Okay, what? We can go into diaper Dan, but my mm. my actual nickname was Burnt Toast. But yeah, yeah, diaper Ivan Dan. uses it all the time. It's bird toast coming in here. <laughs> so he knows now that's you're the real original burnt yeah, toast. Because burnt toast, hey, you scrape off the burnt and it's it's wonderful. So yeah, so I just always wanted to do it. And I came up to my buddy Scott's place. Uh I was going through a difficult time. Uh I lost my wife, Cody's mom, and I just wanted something to do so i used to just drive around and and uh scott would let me come up to his cabin and just be by myself and kind of keep busy i used to do projects and stay up all night and watch westerns and i one of the days i said hey i got two places over here in pine hills property i want to go look at and so i drove over here and when i was coming down the road if anybody's ever been here 
the road gets like real thin. You can't even drive two cars, you know, by each other. You have to kind of pull off. And right away, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not quite wilderness because no, no. as I got older, I didn't want to be so far away from wilderness. You know, when you get older, it's like, hey, you know, water is pretty nice. Not realized. <laughs> Electricity is pretty nice, too. And yeah. So, yeah, I, I and I came up on this property, and when I pulled up, there was like five or six deer in the meadow. It wasn't a meadow, but we call it a meadow now because it, it is a meadow. But I right away, I was like, fell in love with it. And I drove up and it was hardly anywhere to drive because uh, the Cedar Fire in 03 had burnt everything, even burnt. There was two cabins, burnt one of the cabins down. And so it had laid, we call it feral, for yeah. like 10 years something like that yeah 10 years and so it was it looked terrible and there was no really any roads and it just was really exactly what i wanted a work in progress yeah i wanted to start from scratch and do it myself and as i came up i was looking around i walked out back and there was a deer trail and i seen some turkeys running by and so i said hey this this is the place i know it and uh yeah i Finally, uh, through some crazy things, finally got it and bought it. And uh, so I used to uh, just come up here. And um, what was it like every Tuesday? Yeah, it was on Tuesdays. It gave me something to do because uh, I was still still very sad from Penny passing away. And I just needed someone or something to take my time and keep my mind busy. And so I thought, you know, every Tuesday and sometimes Saturdays, I'm going to go up and I'm going to start getting it ready. So a lot of tree trimming and tree falling and, you know, trying to get a road even to drive up. And, and, uh, yeah, like Cody was saying, the brush, I would, I would cut brush like for months. I don't think people like, and people still like, I can't even paint a picture of it. Like, just the the amount of dead brush that was on this property here and where the actual house sits it was like brush yeah. i mean in huge just trees so 60 much foot trees. so much stuff there and and i think um my dad would have huge work parties and people would come and you know we'd have a, a chipper and come out here and just get to work and i think you know for me, it was like hard work and it was at the time it's like, man, dude, like the, you know, we're yelling at each other and people are, you know, I was just mad one day because people weren't helping a certain way. And I was like, you know, we're, you know, we're, but I think in the end of it, like looking at that picture that you have of like on top of Penny's Peak, my dad made a little, I made a sign for my dad. And it's like the highest point of the property, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The highest point of the property. And it's, um, we call it Penny's Peak. And I made a little sign that says Penny's Peak on it. And he made a nice little area where you can kind of go up there. And it's almost like a reflection of what you did and what you come from. And I think that's when every time I go up there, and I haven't been up there in a while, but it's like when you go up there, you can feel it when you look down. And it's like, and if you weren't here when it started, I think you could still feel it when you go up there of the energy of like, 
you could see the other mountain ridge over there and yeah, three all, peaks. all the trees. And so it's, it's just such a, a fun place to be. And I know sitting there with you at the computer and you're like, I want this type of chimney and this. And, and then, you know, I'm sure you got a little bit of a wake up call from the contract. And you're like, yeah, you know, that's going to be pretty expensive if you do it this way or that way. But I know like the roof in here, it's like your, your vision. And even I remember you looking at pictures and I'm like, man, that's grand. But it's like this back area or the, the, what would you say? It's the side, this right here with all the windows. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say it's the side. It's, uh, it's in the great room. So there's one big room that has the kitchen, the front room and the dining room. Yeah. And it's so, it's just grand and it like, I never visioned it. I remember when we came up here and me and him were the first ones to stay the night in it. And we slept on like the, the floor in here, but we were staining this big old grand thing. And it just, I don't know. It, I got to see kind of a, a vision come true. And I know for my dad, something that is really exciting about doing the podcast up here is this is my dream. I love doing podcasting. I, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. So I'm sitting in his dream home doing the thing that I love to do. So it's just, it's kind of a cool little milestone. That's why I wanted to do this podcast for sure. Cause it's, it's a, like I said, it's a milestone. So, but another thing that I love out here is like the, the wildlife. And so I used to walk out at night with no light and just walk out into the darkness ever since the, the mountain lions, I don't, I don't go out there unless I got a light. So you got to talk about the mountain lions a little bit that you've caught on camera and stuff like that. Yeah. I, 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 Carla thinks I'm crazy cause I go out at night. I'm not, I'm not afraid of the mountain lions, but, uh, yeah, we, um, we put out security cameras and, uh, we started catching mountain lions on the cameras and we heard that there's mountain lions, but I have never, in all the times I've been backpacking, all the time I've been in the wilderness, hiking, camping, I have never seen a mountain lion. And at one of the times I was up here, but that's like, it's pretty common. I think it's a very common thing that they hide very well. Oh, yeah. You you don't see them or hear them. I mean, if he wants you, you're going to die. Yeah. But one time I was up here and... I was cutting down this tree and I was limbing it up and it was getting late. And so I was like, well, I'm going to finish up. And there was at literally 15 deer around me. They were just eating acorns and stuff. And all of a sudden they made this noise that they make, excuse me, but it's like a, and all the deer took off running. I mean, if you've ever seen a deer run, it's like five leaps and they're 50 yards away. <laughs> Oh, they're gone. They're all gone. And I'm standing there and I felt like, you know, I don't see that mountain lion, but he's around. He's sizing you up. He's sizing me up, but he knew. That guy's got something loud too. Yeah. I mean, you probably had your chainsaw and. Yeah. It made me think twice. I was like, man, I got to carry a knife or a sidearm with me. So, I, you know, I'd come up here with my sidearm sometimes when I'm all by myself. I'd carry a whistle too. 
in case a tree <laughs> fell on me, I could blow or something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah, we started seeing the mountain lions and cameras and every once in a while we'd see him come walking by and he'd have a chicken in his mouth or the cat. The cat one was the best because you're like, there was a, there was a cat always around. You'd see the cat, you'd see the cat and then all of a sudden... Carla's like, hey, look how he's prancing. He's and I say, he's not prancing. He has a cat in his mouth. <laughs> and we zoom in, and she's like, oh, that poor cat. And I'm like, yeah, it's no. tough to be a stray cat up here. But we've seen it three times, so we know that he kills the cats. And then we got lucky one time. Uh, Carla's uncle was up here, and he's standing by one of the windows. And he said, hey, there's a mountain lion there. And it was broad daylight. It was about 6 o'clock. Hey, there's a mountain lion over there. And I, I thought he was joking. So I walked over to the window and I looked. Sure enough, there's a mountain lion standing right there. Oh, beautiful. It was probably a young female. Is that the picture one? Yeah. You guys have? Yeah, he took a picture and sent it to me. He blew it up for us, but it's just a beautiful picture. And you got to understand the wildlife that is around here. I mean, we got coyotes, bobcats. That's I've never seen a coyote out here. I've I've seen the foxes. The turkey on parade, you wake up Saturday, you know, but, um, and then the deer, the deer for sure. The birds. Oh, so many birds. So many birds. Yeah. We, we, I still laugh about this day, dad, like every now and then I chuckle to myself that you guys, cause the, what was it? Crows that were getting really crazy. Like yeah. They just, they just destroy things and they're, they're bullies. Yeah. There's bullies. They bully other birds and. So my dad's like, oh, I'm tired of it. And he just went out there and um, they say you buy like, what? what's the thing that you bought? Oh, Corella DeVille, where is it? What is that thing they wrap around? I don't know what it is. Like feathers. It's like feather thing that, if you know who Corella DeVille is, she wraps it around her neck, I guess. But we bought a black one and it looked like feathers. And you guys killed one. Well, first we didn't. We threw that thing out there. And then you slam on it and step on it. And, you, and they're watching. The crows are rah, 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 getting crazy because they, they think it's one of them. Yeah. But then somebody said, hey, they'll keep coming around. You just have to shoot one. When all of them are around, you shoot one. And that's it. And it sure was. I think Carla, like, dead-eyed one and just popped. Yeah, yeah. Carla's a dead-eye. Oh, man. Carla, she... Ground squirrels, we, we shoot ground squirrels because they get out of control and they dig up everything. They try to get into our septic tank thing. And so, yeah, Carla got dead eye and she shot this crow. And sure enough, that crow laid on the ground and you did not see another crow hardly ever. And if you just move inside, they know now. And they're like, oh, yeah. we're out of here. But, uh, yeah, so that was pretty neat. And the turkeys, you know, when you get to see them uh, doing their the males, how they fluff up and well, all the scrapes. Uh, I've oh, never yeah. really realized with like the ground. You look at the ground when you see the males all fluffed up, and they scrape their nail, their like, wings, their wings on yeah, the ground, like, and it like leaves an indention on the a, ground. Makes like, a loud sound, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just I. Uh, I've never been. I've really got to see all the animals and just how they mate. I mean, we have tree squirrels and I, I think I've seen everything mate now, you know, it's just so incredible to just step out your back door and you literally can see any kind of animal that you want, any kind of bird. And, and 
I'm just always excited, you know, to have people up so they can, you know, see that. I know McKenna, I remember McKenna, she was so excited um, being up here and she said, I want to feed the, I want to feed the the deer. And Didn't like, she lay down? Well, I was like, no one's ever fed them. My dad's got pretty close. And that was like, it was almost like they were going to get it out of her hand, but they didn't. But she laid down and they, we put it all over her and <laughs> they were like, the deer were like, nope. And I think it was like a month later, you, you finally like feeding deer out of yeah. your hand. But it, yeah, my dad goes and buys feed for them and throws it out. And, you know, usually when people come here, we all sit out in the morning and you can see all the deer from the window or I know the foxes are usually at night throw out some meat or something for him and they'll yeah. kind of scurry up. But yeah, it's, 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 um, it's always just a fun, fun time being up here and just looking at the wildlife and also too, like it just, it, it takes you away from, you know, the life of a, what do you call us? Uh, flatlanders, flatlanders. <laughs> you get away from all the, just the honking, the, you know, people always in a hurry and, you know, people shoving people in line at grocery store, and it's like I don't know. It's just up here. It's it's different. People wave to you when it's mountain they're time. walking or driving by. You actually wave to people. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could probably even spark up a conversation with someone walking. You know. Oh yeah. So. We know everybody. These you all the neighbors know each other. It's uh, definitely a small town. Yeah. Well, um, another thing that uh, what. You know, when it came to mind of you being on the podcast here, a big one was that we've talked about before is our, that Bonita house is haunted. Oh, yeah. That's haunted. <laughs> and I'm, and to set the record straight, I'm not, I'm like, I'm like 70% ghost dude. Like, I think there's ghosts, but when you start to like, we're going to get the EMF reader out and we're going to read. <laughs> I'm not. Um, yeah, me either. No, but I we've had some very strange things. Um, and it, it's, it's spooky, spooky stuff. Um, some of the, some of the things too in that house for me, I slept walk a lot. I had crazy dreams. Um, I remember one time you caught me like in the middle of the, you know how I'm like right in the middle, they have that compass or I don't know what it is. Oh, in the front door. Yeah, right in the front door. There's like a weird little design in the middle. Yeah. You like caught me standing right there and it's like, what are you doing, Cody? What are you doing, buddy? You know, and I, my dad's already like a sleepwalker, you know, way back then. So it's like maybe it was just passing on to me. But yeah, so but um, the one that comes to mind that when I think of that house is the the Reaper. Oh, yeah. Death. So you want to tell that one? Can I? Yeah, set the set the stage. I, I gotta like talk. Uh, so I, I've never really believed in ghosts. I was like never seen one. I don't believe in ghosts. And it wasn't till me and my brother Glenn were out. Oh of yeah, the, when you were younger. Yeah, yeah. I never seen it. I didn't even know he saw it. But we were sitting around the desert. A fire when we were older we were doing some dirt biking and we were just sitting around the fire and we got into you know the ufo ghost thing and he just comes out and says yeah i seen a ghost i was like what when did you see a ghost <laughs> he goes when we lived in hawaii you never said nothing and he said yeah 
he said, uh, I was little and my friend said, Hey, oh, go get your game. And I think it was like Hi Ho Cherio or something, you know. So he, <laughs> my little brother, he runs upstairs because it was a two-story. And when he runs upstairs, he looks to the right and there's a man standing there. Now he's dressed to the nines. He has a full-on suit, tie. Just looking like Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He this was, is Italian leather. <laughs> it was full on. Dressed to the nine. Oh, yeah. He would dress. And he said, I just saw him standing there and he was looking at me. And I kind of froze. And I was like, Were you afraid? He said, No, I wasn't afraid. I just stood there. And then he was watching me. And then he just turned and he was like right in the, by my tr brother Troy's door. And he just, turned and walked into my room i was like what would you do glenn he said i just ran and got the game and ran down <laughs> and that was it it was like wow that's the first ghost story and and i could believe my brother because you know he, he you know he's not gonna lie and uh so i said wow you know so other than that i really never had any experiences ghosts and then my mammy told me a story about a ghost how when her dad died she was sitting on her bed and right next to her the bed moved down <clears throat> and i was like mammy is it a dream she goes no wayne i was sitting on the bed crying and right next to me the bed went down like somebody sat there and i was like "Ooh, wow man that's scary Spooky. yeah and she said i wasn't afraid I, I felt comforted and i was like wow that's that's a really so now you have my brother and mammy that is not going to lie to me and i was like wow i've well, also too like even like they're not lying but they felt something and oh, they definitely. saw something. So it's like, uh, you know, is it their mind playing tricks on them? Or is that, that, I don't think they would lie, you know? It's not a lying thing to lie about, but yeah, but it's definitely, that's spooky. You know? Well, sometimes you see on TV, you know, you hear people talking all the time and it's too much, you know? It's like, nah, I don't believe them. The EMF reader yeah. is going off right Big, now. Bigfoot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But so these, now two people and I was like, man, I wish I saw a ghost. So I had never seen a ghost until the day I was laying on the couch watching football and I had my dog, uh, Cheeto, laying on my lap. And all of a sudden I saw this dark shadow. And, I and, mean, to, and to give like, go into a little bit of Cheeto, like Cheeto like was a very self-aware dog. Like the dog was like, wouldn't just bark. Towards the end of her life, she did bark at anything. And you're like, oh, shut up. But that dog was like on it, you know. Yeah. If she saw something, yeah. Well, uh, that's that's what kind of made me say, "Wow, yeah, I saw it." But it was because mom mean, was in the chair, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Mom so, was in the chair. Yeah, mom was sitting in the chair in a recliner, but she was in a spot where she couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. and, and this is out. This is after her accident too. Yeah, she 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 had a brain injury. Just to give uh, where what time we're in. Yeah, and um, so if you can imagine the Grim Reaper, I mean, it was like eight, nine feet tall. It was it was big, and it went from like one archway over to the bathroom, and there's no way out of there. It where it went. And I saw it, and it, it, it kind of, but all of a sudden I see my dog Cheeto stand up 
And the hair, I've never seen a dog where the hair is in a perfect line down her backbone, standing up. Not all, None of her other hair, just the center of the hair. I don't know what that's called, but it was like, then, then I looked at her and I was like, what's that, bub? Her ears were down too, right? Oh, yeah. And I was like, what's that, bub? You used to call her bub. And so she jumped down on the ground, but she was very scared. Like if you've cautious. ever seen a dog cautious or scared. And so I kept my eye right there and I started to get up. So I said, okay, either it's going to come out that door or it's still in the bathroom. So I, I got up and then Cheeto was growling, ears back, hair up. And I've never seen a dog peek around a corner because she was afraid and she kind of peeked around the corner. And then once she peeked around the corner, she kind of loosened up a little bit and then ran into the office and then came out the other door. And I was like, like didn't get a scent or anything like that or probably something like that where she like, yeah, okay, you know. And I, it, it happened so fast. I didn't have time to be afraid, but I knew I had seen it. And if Cheeto wasn't there, I could have probably said, ah, you know, something, you know, try to talk myself out of it. But, um, yeah. And, and what it makes it really crazy. I don't know if Cody knows this, but what makes it really crazy about that story, um, Went into the bathroom and, and we have a bathtub that my wife, uh, Cody's mom, she, we used to bathe her in there because it was like a step-in bathtub where you shut the door. And so we used to bathe her in there. So that's where the, the Grim Reaper went into. But about two weeks later, um, Penny was going to have to have surgery to have her graft yeah because her graft was bleeding failing failing right my mom was just to give a little context my mom was in dialysis and she had a, a graft in her left arm yes yes her left arm left arm and this what was happening was the skin was getting too thin right there right yeah if you can imagine a, a graft is like the size of your index finger and they put it right under your skin and it goes to your heart and then it comes or loops up and then it goes back into the main artery. And that's where they stick the needles. You know, they stick because she was on dialysis. So you guys had that big scare of her with bleeding and stuff like that. We hadn't had it yet. It was no. just a little bit. A little a, bit. Like, oh, we got to be careful with it. Got to be careful with this area. And then after... Okay, so you guys went to the hospital and yeah. So my daughter, Brittany said, dad, I feel like I should be there. I, and she told Tyler, Tyler, I think I should go. Well, she came down and we had to get her ready for surgery. And whenever you do surgery, you have to use a special soap and you wash her whole body. So you don't have any germs. And as I'm washing, uh, her body and washing with that stuff, I, I had her graft tape because I didn't want to touch it or anything. But all of a sudden, I see a little bit of blood coming out. And I said, oh, wow, darn it. You know, I got to be careful of that. And I got some toilet paper and I kind of held it, you know, to put some direct pressure on it. Well, the toilet paper all of a sudden filled up with blood. And Brittany had come down. And if Brittany wasn't there, uh, Penny 
would have died. Yeah, probably passed away. She would have died right there because I was like, Brittany, bring me uh, paper towels. And she brought about three and I folded them up and held it. And then it, the blood really started coming. And it, the minute it filled up those three paper towels, folded up, the second there was no more white, the blood started dripping. And then I'd panic. I'm like, Brittany, bring me a rag. And, and I pulled the rag on it. And now it's just, I mean, it was a lot of blood and I couldn't stop it. It was so much blood. I mean, it was like saving Private Ryan blood. I mean, it was like that one guy that he was all shot up and they're trying yeah. to stop it. It was like that. It was so much blood. And I'm yelling to Brittany, get more. And then she comes running in and she had, it, and I was just holding it as hard as I could. And I couldn't, I, I couldn't, couldn't stop, stop the blood. And I mean, it was. That if I took it away to put another paper towel on it, it would shoot out so hard because you're talking a main artery as big as your index finger and it had a hole in it. How much pressure you have in your I couldn't stop it, right? And it, it would shoot up and it would hit the wall. One time it hit the ceiling and and it was a blood everywhere. And I was just holding it as hard as I could. And I kept, and Brittany called 911, right? So it just panicked. And no matter what I did, I couldn't stop it. So the paramedic comes in and he's like, okay, I'll take it. And I was like trying to tell him, no, this is, and I think he thought, oh, it's just a graph. We'll, we'll stop it. So they hand him about 10 or 15 little squares that they use. And he had one of those. And those clamps. things will stop blood. Yeah. I mean, it's and in. He pulls it off and he throws that on there. And those squares fill up in about a second and then just starts gushing blood. And then you can hear his panic. Hey, get me more. And they like gave him a half a bag of them, you know, and he's putting it on there and they have this clamp that they put on and they clamp it. And I mean, a matter of 20 seconds, all those filled up. And it's, I can't like the people I try to tell the minute the white disappears, like no blood's coming out and you're thinking, okay. But the minute that white disappears and it all red, it just starts dripping like tons. And Blood everywhere. Blood. I mean, it was a blood scene. And my papa cleaned it up for me. Thank goodness. We went to the hospital. I came back and he had cleaned it up. But yeah. it was a bloody mess. But Cody's mom didn't talk much. She uh, she whispered or she was pretty much out of it sometimes. And I was I was sitting there and I and I uh I pleaded with God, please, not like this. I, I can't watch my wife die. Yeah. And, and, uh, so Penny turns to me and she says with a perfect voice, you're doing good. Just keep <laughs> holding it. Crazy dude. Just keep holding it. And I, 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 I stepped back and she said, it's going to be all right. And she spoke perfectly clear, loud. And then when the paramedics took her, they put this back. And there was so much blood. She was naked, bloody. There's five or six men around, and there's just blood everywhere. And if, you know, mom was, uh, you know, in her right mind, she'd be like, I need to put clothes on. I, yeah. I can't be naked. <laughs> yeah. And she started losing consciousness. And I'm thinking, oh, no, this is last time. This yeah. this is bad. This is like, and Brittany was really starting to lose it. And I was like, Brittany, it's okay. It's just her blood pressure. They're going to, it's going to be all right. And 
she lost consciousness and she goes out to the ambulance and me and Brittany were standing there outside and you could see in the back of the ambulance and we were just holding each other saying it's going to be okay and Penny sits up, props up, props up, sits up, waves to me and Brittany, smiles, smile. <laughs> like, hey guys, everything's going to be okay. And she drove off. That's like the, like the perfect story of like, who mom the what mom after accident like what she was yes couldn't talk sometimes but then when sometimes you'd be like whoa you know and i think and i did know about that about how that happened just before you know you seen the grim reaper that's why we call it the grim reaper yeah it was there it was there i i want to say it i i saw the grim reaper before britney got there Brittany was there maybe two, two, two days. Two, yeah, and then she left, and then that's when mom passed. Yeah, she, she was there back. two, three days, and she was there for the accident. But in the blood incident, it was about, I don't know, like maybe three or four days before that. And I always thought, man, the Grim Reaper, the death. Like, like I wonder, I always wonder if you didn't see it. Like it was, it was going to move into the living room and take her. Yeah, I don't know. It went into the bathroom like I'm I'm here, you know. Or it's like, you know, I'll wait till you you saw me. You know, like, oh, it saw my presence. Yeah. I can't I can't take now. It's not the time. Yeah. I, I don't I, know. It's it it makes me like that's what makes it really spooky is like the unknown of yeah. like it was and, death. It was and, dark. And what happened like after that. Yeah. Seeing that. And you feeling that weird sense of, oof, you know, like then death, death is that. almost on the doorstep yes. for my mom. And then it does eventually come, you know, I think a week, something like that. Yep. Because um, I remember we had a meeting, you, me, and the whole fam, basically Mammy, Papa. And that's when we talked about the the reality of death right now. But I don't want to get into that story. That That's... Yeah. This, <laughs> That's very. Um, I just wanted to explain how we how, think it, it really could be that. Yeah, death was there yeah. to take her, and I believe my request to God. He stopped it. Somehow yeah. he stopped it, and he made Penny say, "Hey, it's okay." I I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I don't know what happened. But it opened, <laughs> it opened the doors to the spirits or something because yeah. after that oh it, man because I, I feel like ever since that so i'll tell the the christmas one um and that hallway that hallway we've had and and if you've ever been in the bonita house it's it's right before you go into the kitchen and the living room and then it's down a big hallway um and we always put this little uh santa claus right in the Right in the walkway, so when you walk by, ho ho, Merry Christmas! Um, it was our first Christmas, except for I'm sorry, Cody. The one thing, the motion sensor stopped working. Yeah, it stopped working. You had to go up and push the button. Um, so it was our first Christmas without Brittany, and without because Brittany usually, you know, drove down or flew there. Her and Tyler always just kind of figured a way to get. Um, so it was the first Christmas without my mom and Brittany, I believe, both of them together. 
our tradition always growing up Christmas was to jack in the box. Jack in the box. <laughs> so we hatch browns. Wake up super early. <laughs> And then, yeah, they better be uh, crispy, Cody. <laughs> so my dad would always say, you guys fly, I'll buy. Um, so, you know, we would, I would go drive and and always be, those, they better be extra crispy. And um, Say extra, extra, extra crispy, Cody. You're, Tell them I that. I probably still have your order. It's probably a a sausage or a sausage, uh, not a croissant, um, the extreme sausage. Sandwich. Oh, yeah. And then now it's probably the ultimate one, the loaded, the loaded one. <laughs> but um, extra crispy. You could tell I've taken his order a couple times. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're sitting there in the front room. We just had our Christmas, and we're kind of waiting for my papa and mammy to get there. We would eat first, and then they would come over a little bit later. We're sitting there eating, and all of a sudden that thing. That that Santa Claus little head starts going off. Oh, Merry Christmas. And then random songs. I've never heard that thing sing a song before. Well, it usually stops after two songs, but this went on and on and on and on. And we were sitting there going, man, like that. It At the time, I felt joy. Yeah. Didn't the door slam too? Was that another time or that was my time? Okay, I'll tell that one, dude. That would really scared me. Um, you had a couple good times. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, that one I felt joy. Yeah, me too. At that moment. But now looking back, I don't know if it was joy. Like at that time, it was joy for me. But if I were to be there now and something were to go off, oh, that ain't joyful, dude. I don't know. But at at that moment, it was. That's it was, mom. That was mom, and it was like her saying Merry Christmas to us one last time. You know, kind of a weird, it was a weird moment, but it was that hallway, the B.O. I remember you saying the B.O. smell. Oh, yeah. Like, that started later, too. Yeah, that was later. That's when I wasn't, and I didn't really smell the B.O. No one smelled it. It was just me, and it was kind of B.O. that it was like, the worst bo that you can even imagine it's not just like oh man i smell it was like the worst bo and all of a sudden i'd smell it like right next to me i'd be in the laundry room or something and it would be like right next to me and i'd start smelling it and it got to the point where i'd say hey carla you smell that and she was like no man i smell bo so bad man it's really bad it's right here you don't smell it no until one time she had these big eyes and she said, do you smell that? And I said, no. She goes, it's B.O. I smell it. So then after that, we would smell it. We'd smell it in the laundry room, the kitchen, in the hallway, yeah. like in that area. And it was super strong. Like, it, like man, the, the guy hasn't taken a shower in like 200 years, you know. <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. And the B.O. was so strong. And once Carla smelled it, it was like, okay, thank you. Somebody else smelled it. I'm not crazy. But yeah, th that just started the, <laughs> the there's, there was so many ghost things. Uh, the foot, I, I was sleeping one night and I hear these, and it sounded like kids, because you know how kids, they, they don't, when they run, they, 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 they take small steps. So it's kind of like a, and I woke up and I heard these, 
going in the Benita house. It's it was like a big front entryway, and it had a huge a lot of tile, a lot of tile, huge. Like Brittany used to ride her little razor scooter from her room to the kitchen. Loser. <laughs> loser dude she used to love it she's like mm. from the back room to the kitchen yeah and uh so she uh i heard these little da -da -da -da, and a couple of them like running around running around and I, I sat up in my bed and i'm like what is somebody out there it, it it scared me so much i sat up and i listened I'm like, you know, like, oh, I'm dreaming. No, I sat up and I, I'd hear the footprints running by the front door all the way down the kitchen, then come running back and around the corner to where Cody's room used to be. So I keep a loaded shotgun in my house. So I went and grabbed the shotgun and I loaded it. I was that scared. And I came out and the footprints, the little foot sound stopped. Well, I knew I heard it. So I went room to room, turned on a Clear light. It, I cleared it. Clear I, the rooms. Dude. I went into every bedroom, every closet. And then I'd say, oh, I'm pushing them this way. I'm just going to change up and come out. But no, I cleared everything. And yeah, nothing. And I was like, okay. So even a couple of weeks later, all of a sudden, I hear this noise in the attic. And it was banging around. I mean, loud, like banging around. Bam, 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 bam. And uh, I forget what the name's called. Is it frogging or what? Is frogging, it? frogging. It's when people like find a way into the home and live there. Yeah. And Cody told me about that. And I even he showed me a creepy video. Of this guy frogging that would like they had him on camera. Oh, it was a lady. Oh, was it a lady? <laughs> she came creep down, and I think it's a famous. It's a famous frogging video, but that was in like Ohio State. Ohio State was known for having frogging. Okay. In all these dorms. And this lady crawls down from like the basement area. And it's like, ooh. And she looks all the attic. Yeah. And she looks scary. Yeah. You know. And you see her head peeking around the corner. She's watching opening them. up the fridge. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, man. So Cody had me all freaked out. So I, <laughs> I'm like, there's somebody at my attic. So I got my spotlight and I. Started shooting random shots up. In the <laughs> I went up there and I had my spotlight and there's an entryway in the master bedroom in the closet. So I went up there and I looked around and I thought, well, it'd be footprints. It'd be something. I can't. So I went around the garage and went up to that one. And I, well, you'd see like bed or like I, I where we'd... they would sleep. You and know? there'd be even dust and there was no footprints or nothing. Cause I really checked it out. Cause that's how loud it was. And I, you know, I would tell Cody, man, that was crazy. So one time we left and Cody, hey Cody, can you house sit for us? Yeah. So yeah, I I I was sitting there in in the front room watching TV. And during like, you know, sometimes during the winter, if you would open the back door, um, and the wind would come in, like channel right in. So you wouldn't have to like run AC. Or anything like that. So you just open the back window, back door. I love being cold anyway. So I open that back door. And how we would prop it is you would put a rock right there. Um, or even the rug. You have a welcome mat. Yeah, a welcome mat that we would lean up against it. So in any type of gust of wind, it wouldn't close. And I mean, even if there was a gust of wind, it wouldn't have closed the way it did. So I was, I was sitting there and all of a sudden it sounds like someone's banging around in the garage. I mean, 
going through stuff in the garage. And I get up and I go, okay. I, I know dad, he told Didn't me. you get your baseball bat? I got my baseball <laughs> bat. But I knew that you, you always show me where the, the loaded gun, you, you wouldn't have the shotgun or you would say, oh, here's a gun. It's in this drawer right here. You know, you're never going to find it. But <laughs> for other people, if they're going to look for his gun, you're not going to find it. Um, but you'd say it's right there if you need it. It's something crazy. So I went and grabbed in my old closet. I went in there and grabbed my bat. And, and the garage, the way the garage works is my dad always had the side door always locked. That was always locked. There was never a time where that thing was open. If it was open is because he was in the garage or he was working in the garage. And I open up the door, crack it a little bit to the garage to going into the garage. And I'm like, the only way they can get out is that side door. And I open it up and I say, <laughs> I yelled in there and I said, I'm going to call the cops, dude. And if you're here, man, just leave, dude. Just leave. And don't take anything or something. I yelled. I forgot what I yelled, but I close it and lock it back up. And I sit there for a while and I'm like listening, listening. I'm like, man, nothing. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, weird. Put the bat down. And I start to walk to the front room, front door or the or the side door to the living room that I told you I propped open slams. I mean, like if someone was behind it and they shut it so hard. Almost broke the glass. Almost like it would break the glass. And I jumped, grabbed the bat, ran towards my dad's room and thought, I'm going to go through my dad's room and go through his back door and see if there was anyone out there. Because they would think, oh, I'm not going to just run. <laughs> so I ran that way, and then I didn't see anything. I looked around. The rock was moved. Like, it looked like the rock moved. It was a big rock, too. A big rock. Almost like a, it could almost be even a boulder. Yeah. And it wouldn't roll. It had its way, like it would sit there. And it, it, it was such a weird, like, I remember sitting there, and I was like, I can't even sleep. Like I couldn't sleep. I was checking on the doors and locking them. And it made me like, man. And then, you know, even besides that house, I've had scary things happen even at Mammy and Papa's house. So I'm like. Well, that's where your mom died too. Yeah, my mom died in my Mammy's house. But I've had things there that aren't not joyful. Not like I was not happy. I was like scared for like, what are you? You know, mom? I did a little <laughs> mom <laughs> and nothing back. And I was like, oh man. I told that one on uh, the last podcast. I felt a presence. I felt someone touch my shoulder. Yeah. That's when I did a commando roll off the bed. <laughs> Freak Tessa out. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Tessa wasn't there. Oh, I thought it was Tessa and Wyatt were there. But I crawled over to Tessa's room and I was like, Tessa! <laughs> and she was at Ivan's playing a game, oh. like game night. I remember that night very clearly. So it's like, I'm not the ghost guy, but with that Grim Reaper one, 
with that weird things at the house that we've had with the Santa Claus thing, that hallway, even people that when you were in your dating after mom passed, it's like you had people walk through there like, ooh, it's cold right here. It's like, yeah, right there. Right where the Santa Claus or the Grim Reaper. Yeah. So everything, if you ever go to the Benita house and you see that area, it's like, ooh, anytime I think about it, it's like it gives me little heebie-jeebies. Yeah, so many things. I, I got another one. I got a couple more, but I had a, a girl. She rented the back room from me, and uh, we were out talking by the front door. I, I guess I'll call it a foyer because it's pretty big, like where Cody said the big round yeah. compass thing is. But we were sitting there and uh, talking, and I had bought her this. It's this little rain gear, pretty small, you know, three inches high, three inches and you push it back, and it, it's a candy dispenser, but it poops out like a little uh, jelly belly jelly bean. Yeah. And it poops it out into like a little basket. So it's funny. You push down. You have to push pretty hard down on it, and then it would make like jingle bells. Ching, 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 ching. So we're sitting there talking, and all of a sudden, it goes off. Ching, 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 ching. And we both look at each other. Ah, that's weird. We thought, oh, it fell off. It fell off, and we went in there, and it was sitting there. And I pushed it, click, and it ching, ching, ching. And I was like, we both were like, wow, that's weird. So we walk out, and we get about the front door, and all of a sudden, ching, 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 ching. And it, this note, it's like you have to push down on the back pretty hard to make a little uh, jelly bean poop out, you know, out of its butt. Like, tweet. So you have to push pretty hard to, it's mechanical. And that went off. And then I had a big mouth Billy Bass, and it was broken. Oh, yeah, that thing, yeah. It was broken. You have to push the button, and I don't know if you guys, it's, I got it when I was a kid, but it's like a bass, and it don't sings. Don't Be happy. And I, I think everybody, like, everybody should know that. I mean, yeah, big mouth Billy Bass. But it, it doesn't work anymore. You walk by it or anything, you'd have to push the button to work. And sometimes it would work, and sometimes it wouldn't. But then all of a sudden, that thing would go off, just start going off. And I'd go in there, and I'd look at it, and it's quiet. And I'd turn around and walk, and I'd be about 20 steps away, and it would go off again. I ran back in there, and I'm like, oh, this is so weird. Uh, uh, I and I'd walk back out, and it would go off again. So I went in there, and I took the batteries out. And I like, it freaked me out so much. I think I stuck it under a towel, took the batteries out, and I was like, okay. At the same time, you know, you're smelling that B.O. or something. So it, at that time, it was like freaking me out. I'm like, man, this, this is weird. They like pushing things and yeah, touching spooky. stuff. Spooky stuff, you know. You know I even see a, an orb one time, this little round orb, and I, it was black. And it was like the size of, I don't know, a little bit smaller than a volleyball. And I saw it just going, and I saw it go behind this wall. And I said, okay, there's no way out. I'm going to walk up on it, and I'm going to see what it was. I get over there and it's gone. That kind of stuff happened all the time until yeah. we moved out of that house, you know? Yeah. It's uh, definitely, it was it's spooky. Uh, the dreams that I had there, you know, and who knows? Yeah. And that was after mom passed. Yeah. And I, I had this reoccurring dream. Um, I want to say maybe two weeks. I had it for probably about two weeks straight. I had the dream for about a month. I had it two weeks straight. I remember you would come into my room and I'm yelling and screaming. Yeah. 
or I would sit sit down in your room and we would talk about it and analyze the dream. But it was a really, really trippy dream. But almost like makes me sit back and think, man, was there something there? But also, was there just someone frog in there and they're just... <laughs> no. <laughs> I checked. I really hope not, man. No. Because that's that scares me more. What would you rather have, some ghost or a frogging guy? A ghost. What? Oh, no. Yeah, I'd rather have a ghost. Yeah, a guy upstairs. That scares me, man. It does. <laughs> that's scary. But I even would put, like, dust where he, if they ever stepped down, he once he got up there, he couldn't fix his mark. So I'd say, that, that's how much I heard it several times. And I would hear it and I'd go out there and right on the counter where you'd have to stand to get up there because you'd have to have a ladder. No, the dust, the powder was still there. There was no footprint. So I, it's, it's spooky for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that was just kind of, we definitely had some, that, so those were, those spooky ones were for, uh, I know, um, Kelly Howell is just really like, oh, I can't wait for <laughs> spooky, scary stories. And those are definitely our, our scary stories. Um, I've had some other ones off to tell, but those are, um, those are for the other house that I had, but, um, wanted to segue into something that, I don't think too many people know unless they go out there and that's the desert. Um, yeah, I heard you talking to Kenny about it a little bit and I, the desert for me growing up was such a blessing to go. And if you've never been, it's so freeing. It's, it's freedom. I think it's freedom at its finest. Yes, I agree. And, and like you get this, you get to go on your bike and no one tells you you can't go down that trail. Um, you can go up over this ridge and look over that and you get lost and you, uh-oh, I got to remember where that tire is and you got to have your self-awareness on and, uh-oh, there's people coming down the trail here. It's like tons of decisions at small points of times. And, and also, too, just even not even just riding, sitting by the campfire and and all the stories that we have. And um, that was one of the things that I would I wanted to talk to you about is just how blessed and lucky me and Brittany were to go out to the desert and to enjoy that. And it was definitely like one of the brighter moments of my childhood. And it was one of those things that we always got to enjoy it with really cool families, you know, the Rasmussens, uh, the Joneses, um, Hudson's. The Hudson, oh yeah, the Hudson's too. And yeah, there, there's so many. The yeah. Will Cox's, I remember went out for a little bit. And Darren would come out. Darren would come out and we just had so many people come out. And um, I just wanted to talk about some stories about, uh, and just which ones you, when you think about the desert, you know, crazy stories or even just funny ones, you know, but. One thing about the desert that I always liked is you you could have fires, right? You never had to worry about, are they too big? Bigger the better. I yeah. mean, <laughs> you throw on, you know, four cords of wood and three Christmas trees and put gas on it and have the gas lead out and stand back and light it. It was just fun. And 
So New Year's also too was like the craziest time because you'd see trailers full of Christmas trees. Yeah, it was time to burn the Christmas trees. Yeah, so you see huge fires. So I guess with stories, there was so many fun stories around the uh, fires, but we would always be uh, like pyros, you know, we're like, hey, let's try to burn this or do that. And one time, real funny story that Scott found this. Uh, it's a lant. It's a paper like a Chinese lantern. Chinese lantern. Yeah, Chinese lantern. You know, in the movies when they like light it and let it go up, tangle. Yeah, wasn't that like a big Chinese? Yeah, lantern? yeah, yeah. Like, Chinese lantern. Yeah. Well, he found one that was still intact, and so he brought it over. We're all excited. Yeah. <laughs> how are we gonna make this thing work? Cause how they work, you know, you put a little candle or some kind of flame the heat goes up and it rises up and it looks really neat well scott you know we call him captain scott but he uh he said hey i got a really neat way he went and tore this jerry rig yeah went and tore this rag i think he dipped it in was it kerosene or gas i think usually they have kerosene oil or something because he didn't burn that much yeah so he thought hey i'll just droop it around here and so he lights the little rag, and sure enough, that thing starts to go up in the air. And it was like, there it goes. You're awesome, Scott. And we're cheering. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, the rag starts melting, and it turns into a dripping flame, like, and it made this noise. And like Mario, Mario balls. balls. <laughs> like when Mario gets the flame hat on, and he like shoots the fireballs. That's how it was. Oh yeah, and but it, it goes. Was, yeah, make a whistle. And so we're watching all some and now it's blowing towards this RV camp. And we're all starting to go, oh no. And it's dripping. There's nothing we can do. It's so high up in the air, yeah, too. It's a good what 30, 40 feet in the air. Yeah, pretty there's high. no stopping it. So we're just watching it drip flaming balls of <laughs> death. And we're like, oh no. And it just starts getting closer and closer. Then all of a sudden it burst into flames and it goes down like the Hindenburg about, I don't know, 20 <laughs> if feet. People don't know who the Hindenburg is. <laughs> people are, what's the Hindenburg? The Zeppelin. The Zeppelin. A Led Zeppelin. Some people probably still have no idea. Too. <laughs> but the big hot air balloon, basically. Yeah. The one that burned down because they used helium. Yeah. Before they knew that it exploded. But yeah, that I remember laughing so hard after because we were so worried. We're like, it's dripping down. And Scott's like about to jump in his buggy and go warn them. He's <laughs> like, what are you going to do, dude? It's dripping down. Oh, no. Yeah, that, we used to do all kinds of stuff like that. You know, get a bottle, poke a hole in it, fill it with gas. And if you put it on the flames. But we were trying different bottles every Because it would melt. Or blow the top off. Yeah. And we couldn't. I think we finally, it was a glass Starbucks, bottle. Starbucks. Those espresso ones, or yeah. the, the Frappuccino ones. I think, was that Wyatt Kenyon was with us? I I, I think it was because we all were like taking turns. This will work. We were this laughing work. so hard. And it, we, we would, we had this little, my dad made this little log perfectly in the middle. No flames would touch it, but it would heat up. And we would put the bottle there. And see if it would shoot or do something. And it crazy. did finally. It, it finally shot yeah. flames up in the air, yeah, and we're 15 like fifteen feet like yeah. that. And then it shooting flames until the seal 
on the Starbucks thing melted and then it was over. And, but we do, we do crazy stuff like that all the time. And we go on night rides, you know, 12 o'clock at night till like two in the morning. <laughs> but the one that I always tell people and it, and I think you should tell it is when you're riding out in the, in the darkness and you guys saw that one guy and he's like, I got the, Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell it. That yeah, was so good. Me and Scott, we used to do like, we, we'd each have our own buggy and we'd load it up with our sleeping bag. And food that was like your guide trip. Our right. guide trips. Yeah. Just me and him. And we would ride all day long and we would go crazy places. Like, and then we would just set up camp, like start a little fire and fall asleep, you know, and wake up in the morning and then ride all day, go into town, get gas, eat breakfast or something. But we were out, it must have been 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and we were at this place we call Sandam. It's a big hill of sand that everybody meets there, but hardly anybody's there. So at that night, it was just me and Scott, and along comes this guy in a quad, and he's ripping around. Did he have and, lights or no? Yeah, he had lights. Okay. He was just ripping around by himself, and he pulls up, and he's like, hey, man, what's going on? And we're, hey, you out here by yourself? Yeah. I'm out here by myself. And I go, he's dangerous. And he goes, well, we were meaning like if he crashed, someone's <laughs> going to see him. Like You dude, guys are worried like, dude, hey, if you crash, dude, like you're dead. Like, or you're going to be having a long walk in the dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No one's going to help you. You're out there by yourself. Well, that ain't what this guy was thinking. He was like, no, I'm safe, man. I got like six friends that'll fly. And I'm thinking... Oh, your friends are around? No, no, man. You know, six friends that'll fly. And me and Scott were looking at each other going, what? What are you talking about? So he holds up his hand like, you know, with a, as you make a, sure, gun, and like a gun. And he's like, hey, you, you know what six I mean? Friends, like six you, friends. Six like chambers. Six, yeah, six bullets. <laughs> and he lifts up his, he lifts up his shirt. And sure enough, there's the gun. And we're like, oh, all right. Camping somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> hey, have a good time, man. We got to take off. And. He's like, all right, man, take it easy. Hey, be safe, you know. But it was always something. It was, it was always something. And it, we, I just loved it because I, I basically raised my kids out there and they just would have freedom. And as they got older, they got to go further and further away. And one thing about Cody, he's very good with directions. Like, I'm the guide. I was the guide yeah. for Brittany. Brittany, he wouldn't if get Brittany went out by herself, it was over the first hill. She'd be. <laughs> She'd be lost. <laughs> so I was always the guide and I would let, you know, Brittany would always be like, you go ahead, Cody, you lead. And I'm like, but sometimes you want someone else to lead. And then she, I'd say, well, Brittany, you go lead and I'll just remember how we get back. And I just remember so many rides, Brittany would be riding and all of a sudden stop and go, okay, I, I'm, I don't know how to get back. And I was like, man, Brittany, it's crazy how you don't know how to get back. But I think I got that from you, just being out there in the dune buggy. And sometimes when we'd be riding, you'd be like, you know, hey, notice this right here off to the corner. And, you know, if you see this or that. The you know, tower. That was always. The tower. Yeah. Um, you know, just little things. Landmarks. I think that's a lost skill these days. Yeah. People don't know how to use. I mean, if they don't have their phone, they're lost. But me, I look at landmarks and, oh, this wash right here or. You know, if you come over this ridge, a couple more ridges over, it's the, the lake bed and stuff like that. I was never worried because Cody was so good at directions. I knew he'd be okay, even on night rides. But 
one time we headed to Sandam and the dune buggy was much faster and sometimes you get split up and uh we got back to camp i think it was thanksgiving was it thanksgiving or? it was thanksgiving <laughs> so yeah the cody factor yeah he'd already put his the foot cody, through the trailer the cody effect yeah i put my foot so when we're loading up the trailer um my dad's like hey i, I left the quad the quad's running just go out there and i ran it a couple times it should be able to go and get up the trailer oh, okay i loaded on the trailer and i start pushing the pushing it on uh, like pushing it to where it needs to be uh, loaded up and I go right through the tray, like rotten, the, the rotten, rotten wood. wood. And my foot went through and I'll ah, I get out of it. And I'm like, my dad's all, well, buddy, what happened? Like, rotten wood, dad, I fell through <laughs> it. So I scratched up my knee and stuff. And um, usually I would have riders with me when, you know, I'd have like a, a friend or someone else in the group would have a quad and they would follow with me. And I would meet my dad at some point. I would... You know, I'd leave maybe 15 minutes or 20 minutes before you guys. And I was always confident. Cody could always find his way around. Yeah, I definitely knew that desert, like, back of my hand. So we get back to camp one time, and we're back. And, you and know, it's uh, it's Thanksgiving Day. And it's getting you, late. You had to cook. Yeah, and I'm thinking, Cody's not back yet. I wonder what happened. You know, and then I started to worry. And And if anybody's ever been in the desert, it's very hard to jump in your, hey, let's go find him. Because you head off this way, he's coming back that way. It's huge. So it's sometimes it's like, but the, but it, you can go to the main roads. You but, go to the main roads that we always go back. And I know at that point, I think Beeline was closed. I don't think we can go down Beeline. Beeline was like an area that we would go. It was the fastest way to the to the dunes. Um, it was a bombing range, so yeah. So, I'm my bike is not working too well, and I get to Sand Dam, and I'm sitting there with my dad and Scott and everybody, and they're in the dune buggy, and they do a couple runs before, and I'm like, all right, Dad, well, I'm gonna leave. He's like, okay, I'll you know I'll see you at camp. I go up the hill, and my bike doesn't go up the big hill, um, but my dad's tooling around and doing his little getaway show, you know, because my dad would put on a little show for everybody. Him and Scott would be jumping around and racing up and down the hill. Got to show him who's boss. Yeah, the little, the yellow uh, angry canary. The angry canary. But th they end up leaving and go over the hill, but I don't think you saw me get stuck. So I turned the bike around and went down the hill and kind of looked at the quad and I was like, man, it's just gutless. Uh, so I go, I finally get up the hill but i go like the easy way the very easy way and i go up over and there's there's several ways out of sand dam but i thought maybe i'll just go the the what would you say that the back way yeah yeah i was like oh, i'll go the back way and i'll just tool down and then kind of go through the through the dunes a little bit on the outskirts of it maybe even take um maybe even go not pull line but Sand highway. Sand highway. They most. call it that. Yeah. So I uh, I start to head down, and it's like mostly where the Jeeps kind of try to go up um, to get into Sand Dam. So I go down, and everything's good. And I start coming up over the top of, the, of a dune, and, and 
if you don't know how to ride the dunes, the dunes, it's you have to hang on one edge. You have to almost hit the edges of the dunes. And there's there's always just two edges. Someone would be coming to the left and someone would be going to the right. This guy came up the wrong way and it's a big old suburban. He can't see me. He's coming up over and I, his front end just basically, he's coming up over the dune so he doesn't see me at all. I turn last minute, I turn right and he clips the back end of my tire and a little bit of my leg and I fly probably probably about 10 yards and roll. Boom, 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 boom. My bike keeps going. Someone, and there's a whole bunch of Jeeps at the bottom waiting their turn to go up the hill. Um, so they all run to me and this one lady's looking at me and she's, you okay? Are you breathing? You know, and I'm, I'm so out of it, concussed and I'm looking around and I look up and this guy's yelling at me. He's all, what are you doing with no whip, man? What are you doing? And, and the lady's like, you just hit a guy and you're worried about his whip. Like who cares about the whip right now? You, what if you killed the kid, you know, and they're, them two are arguing and this one lady, She's like, all right, let's take off your helmet. She's an older lady. And she's like, is you feel any weird things when I'm taking the helmet off? No, and take it off. And she's examining my head. And this one military guy comes over and he's like, yeah, I'm a, I was actually in the Marine Corps and was a medic. And I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> I'm saved. Yeah, you needed him. Yeah, I needed him. So then um, that old lady takes my helmet off, looks at me, and she's all, I'll tell you what. You definitely got the first down. And I, I remember just laughing and to myself uh, like later on. I was like, man, I, she she said I got the first down because I flew 10 yards. And um, so I'm, I'm, I get up finally and I'm like, okay, well, I got to get home. And how far away would you say that is from that point ride-wise back home? It's a good five miles. You know, it's quite a ways. I mean, it's not super easy. As far as a crow flies, I mean, you could make it shorter, but yeah, it's not an easy. It's a good, you know, 15 minute, 20 minute. Yeah. Um, Well, since I'm concussed, it's going to be a longer one. You know, I'm not going to be going fast. So the military guy, he's like, you know what? Hey, just, he said, where are you camped out? And I was like, I'm like more in the mud humps. Like, that's where I'm at. And he's like, okay. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, I'm not going to drive all, you all the way to the mud humps. You think you can ride? And I was like, yeah, just I'm just, just try to find the easiest way possible because I'm I'm a little out of it. I mean, not even two minutes into the ride. The guy just, boom, bumps off to the right and leaves me. I was like, what? <laughs> he And I got a puncture wound. Oh, man. Was it a puncture wound? Yeah. And I still have a weird little scar there, but. Crazy to think like, and my leg is throbbing too. And it's my hurt. It's my knee that I had surgery on. So I'm thinking I just really messed my knee up and it's throbbing. My head hurts. So I'm riding home and I go. And if anybody knows the desert there at a superstition, it's called pole line. It is just whoop-de-doos. And if you go slow through it, Man, your head hurts and you don't, you, you didn't even hit your head. So I go through that and I'm like, man, I got to get off of this. I get so lost and I'm like, man, I don't know where I'm at right now. So I finally find Kamikaze 
I'm like, oh, good. Go down that jam, and and I'm riding up, and I'm like one hand riding me, and I finally get up to the camp, and I remember um, uh, Diane, Scott's wife, she's like, uh, hey, Cody, are, are you okay? You know, are you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm okay. I just got hit by a Suburban. She's like, oh, oh my gosh. I was like, or no, uh, first she asked, she said, is everything okay? And I said, no. <laughs> she's, she's like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, guy hit by a Suburban. She's like, what? And she looked at my leg and it was all, because the guy's sutured, like he like wrapped it up and cleaned it. Um, But he told me, he's like, yeah, you're going to have to go back and like, you're going to have to like, clean it more i was able to clean it just a little bit so my dad comes out and he's like dude i was ready to jump out and i just saw you over the ridge coming over the ridge yeah i was worrying i was re i was ready i would think i was outside because i had stopped cooking you're standing by the buggy kind of looking around talking to scott thinking i i, I gotta go out we gotta start looking for him yeah kind of head in the the directions that we would usually go talking about it and here comes Cody. I'd see the little red quad coming. And then and my dad's like, what happened? I was like, I have a suburban. He's like, oh my gosh. He's like, dude, how is the bike okay? Like, how'd you hit it? And I was like, the guy came over the ridge and hit me, clipped me on the side. And I remember I laid there and watched uh, college football um, in the trailer because I, so, I was so out of it. We got a great pitcher and propped up. Nah, there's too many pictures of me propped up and hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, the, the suburban man. Uh, yeah, the puncture wound. Uh, the Marine put on this blood patch thing that was really good because it, it did keep it sterile and it soaked up the blood. But Yeah, because it was bleeding a lot. That when thing it, bled for what, three days or something? Just oozing? Uh, I would, uh, it would like have a weird little, not like a bubble skin, but it would like build over the top of it. And any time I would take a shower, that thing would break and it would just blood come out. Yeah. It's crazy. Or sometimes it'd be like, my dad's like, oh, your leg, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh man. I remember I was so sore too. I was sore for like three days. Well, got hit by a Suburban. The bike didn't have a scratch on it. The, I think the only thing is where you put a, a, a zip tie. Yeah. The zip tie broke. Yeah, that was it. But Cody took the brunt of it. <laughs> Usual. So I call it the Cody. I call it the Cody effect. It's like when something someone needs you to jump a fence, or Cody's gonna hurt himself. Man, Cody's gonna find a way, break an ankle, and something, something crazy is gonna happen. Get pulled over by a cop when you least expect it. The seatbelt of a roller coaster comes off. Oh man, something like that. You're gonna have to have a podcast just on your Cody effect stories because. Well, I'm going to have, because Jasmine and SIE, the SIE is the one that I went on the roller coaster with. I'm going to have to, when they're going to come on a couple weeks, uh, they're going to have to. I mean, how story. afraid would you be? You're on a roller coaster and the seat belt or the buckle comes out. Yeah. The, 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 the thing that's holding your shoulders down it in snaps. a loop-de-loop -loop is not, it's unhinging. It's undoing. <laughs> the adrenaline. I'd be terrified, man. And then they, the audacity of everybody. They were like, because I went to Vegas for my 30th. Um, and it was on New York, New York, the ride where it unhinged. But I'll go into details about it another time. But the audacity of people on my 30th, they're like, 
I want to go on the ride again. I said, do you understand what happened to me the first time I went on it? And that's Shannon's fault. Shannon peer pressured me into going because nobody wanted to go on it. So I felt bad. So I was like, all right, I'll go on it. Then other people started saying, okay, I'll go on it. So I was like, man, I don't go on roller coasters at casinos. It's like Donnie, this friend of mine says, you ever see him checking it? Like no one ever (laughs) checks it. They just keep going that thing hour after hour, you know? Yeah. I'll never go on that ride ever again. Ever. After that. I should have sued him. <laughs> but, but, um. You yeah, lived. I lived. I'll take, I'll take my life. Um, yeah. For that. But, yeah. Um, well, since we got a little bit more time, uh, I, I got to get your prediction on the boys. Oh. How the <laughs> people don't understand my dad's a you know huge cowboy fan. I'm a I'm a cowboy fan because of him. I'm a Rams fan too, but I'm, I'll always love the Cowboys. But man, we've had some. Last year was a really good year. It felt good. It was like man, our team's finally. The deep there's something about a defense. When you got a good defense, you're like they'll pull through somehow. But unless you have a quarterback that throws mm-hmm. one interception <laughs> per game, <laughs> did he throw one last? I think his last. Uh, oh, this last game, no, he he threw for like 143 yards. But that's all I need you to do, man. 54. percent That's all we need you to do. Just don't turn it over, Dak Prescott. So uh, how how are you? How are you feeling about the season? I feel really good. I like uh, the moves in the offseason. Their defense is dominant. You know, it just is smothering. And their offense looks good. They got some good receivers. They're uh, just move on defense. Go back to defense. Like, they're swarming. Oh, man, they are dominant. One guy get, makes a tackle. The other guy is not like, oh, I'll sit here and watch that guy tackle him. That guy's like, I'm going to jump in on that tackle, too. Because if he fumbles it, I'm picking it up. Like, they're swarming. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, 94, 95. Yeah. You know, it was just a swarming defense. So, I'm very excited about their defense. But anybody that's a Dallas fan, and, like, Ivan, he's a real Dallas fan, and he feels my pain. It's like our weak link in Dak Prescott. And like I know the, people say, oh, but he he's, you know, he wins whatever, 12 mm-hmm. games a year, and mm-hmm. he he throws over 3,000. Matter of fact, I think Dak has the record for the most uh, yards gained in passing. The only thing I have a problem with that, he passed up Roger Stallback and Troy, Troy Aikman. Man. And the only thing that's... And Tony Romo. Yeah. Well, Tony Romo recently held it. Yes, because he passed up Troy Aikman and Roger. But the only thing about Roger won two Super Bowls and Troy Aikman won three. So it's like, I don't care how many yards you throw. Are you winning Super Bowls? (laughs) Are you winning Super Bowls? And he just finds a way to lose it. And that's what worries me. Because he'll win the games, but when it comes down to we need this big play and it's riding on Dak, he will find a way to choke, man. He always does. You can see it in his eyes. He's just like, it's it's hard to watch sometimes. What's well, like even too like I can even almost I I didn't I wasn't able to watch a lot of the Giants Cowboy game on Sunday night, but I was able to watch a little bit of it. Um, 
anytime I watch it, if I think of my dad, because, or I usually have to call you in the night just to see how, how you're doing or how you felt about the game. But <laughs> it's just funny with, I always sit there and think, I'm like, man, I bet my dad's excited, but there's also things that he's probably picking apart. And 40 0, it's like, yeah, that was a really good win, but we weren't tested. We weren't tested. <laughs> and any other person wouldn't get that. They would be like, dude, a win's a win, dude. You should be happy with that. And it's like, yeah, but we're looking at we're looking at the playoffs, dude. Like we're looking like we want to beat the best teams. We gotta beat the Eagles 40 to nothing. Yeah. Twice. We gotta play the Eagles twice. It's like we should we should be banging those teams up like that. Yeah. If you're not a good team, the Cowboys should be beating them 40 to zero. And I think the Jet, they play the Jets. They should bang up the Jets. Yeah, but the Jets got a good defense. And, uh, they, you know, I, I just, boy, I'm just worried about Dak and interceptions because yeah, I sauce, don't know if, they're, if good. Uh, the Jets quarterback, if they still have Hill, Zach Wilson. Oh, Wilson. Yeah. yeah. They still have him. He's going to be throwing picks, dude. <laughs> so, yeah. And he's. The defense gonna, is going to get some good looks. Yeah. I just hope Dak. It's just, it's just Dak can't make the. And what I loved about that Giants win is they ran the ball. Yes. Run the ball. It was raining. So that was like, it made him. Okay. But let's learn from that. Let's yeah. run the ball. I oh. wish. <laughs> and, and I got to say, the Jets' defensive line. They got some big boys, but their linebackers are pretty small. So um, I'm I'm excited for the Cowboys. Um, my Rams this year, I think we still got some work. They got do. a big win. Yeah, they beat. I mean, we weren't supposed to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, it was so a big win. For I the know Rams. a lot of people didn't have them winning, but I'm still sitting on there going, okay, we we have to beat the 49ers. That's that's going to be our competitor this this year is the 49ers, but. And that's this week too. We're oh, playing the 49ers. Yeah, they're a Super Bowl contender, I would think. I think the I think the three teams that are that are Super Bowl contenders on the NFC are uh, Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. And one of those are gonna lose. So one of them, two of those teams are going to the NFC championship. Yeah. There's always a wild card in there, but Minnesota looks all right, but they look offensively, they look struggle. Yeah, they look terrible uh Thursday night football. They uh they just so many mistakes. Not in sync. Yeah. Just mistakes, turnovers, fumbles. You can't have that. Another thing with the Cowboys, I think if their offensive line stays healthy, because last year they weren't. Right. And their left tackle is he's all pro, you know. And they did sign Zach Martin, so he's back. But if they can stay, I guess that's with every team, if they can stay healthy. But your offensive line and your left tackle is huge well they they have the best i i think zach martin's the best offensive guard in the league and then tyron smith is like top five you know uh tackles and then that other smith that they had last year that filled in for he was originally drafted as a guard yeah and then he filled in as a tackle so now he's He's playing guard back in his regular position. Steel on the other end. Uh, they have steel, right? I think that's who it is. But I feel like their offensive line is going to be the tell-all. I mean, man, run the ball. Tony Pollard's so good. Yeah, quick. 
and then get some other guys some good looks too, man. Let's let's give some of these young running backs some good looks too. And I think they, as much as Dak is a problem, I think it's going to be just like how it was last year. They were they were two snaps away, in my opinion, from winning, going to the NFC Championship, and that was because Dak threw a pick right to the guy at the wrong time. Well, the play before it, and then fumbled. He threw a pick and the guy dropped. Then he threw the exact same play and he picked it off in six. So that was tough. And then fumbled. I think he had a fumble. Yeah. Sack. It just, it's, it's, it's one of those things where he doesn't know when to step into the pocket. He steps up in the pocket when it's not time to step in the pocket. He doesn't step in the pocket when it's time to step in the pocket. When it's time to win the games where you need him to score, to lead his team down the field, he goes, I'm not going to. I'm going to throw a pick here. And then it's 21 to 7, and that's when he goes down. And the the final score will be 21-14. Well, he let him down the field. Yeah. That last drive, well, yeah, that's garbage time. If you don't, if I think with Dak, if you don't put too much on him, if you run the ball, do simple, you know, patterns and don't put too much on his shoulders, he's a good quarterback. He he just needs to learn how to throw it away. It's when you put too much on them, like last year. They just tried to pass too much. And they tried to pass too much, and they tried to be like, let's bomb it. Let's throw it to C.D. Lamb deep. It's like, no, let's let's utilize Lamb in different ways. And um, that'll and, open up at the end of the game if yeah, you're you still have it. Gallup and uh, the tight end that they just got from Michigan, Shoemaker, like – I really like their team. Yeah. I think they're I think they're gonna be really good, but we'll see. It's week one. It's just funny how people like analysts, they're like looking at man, the Chiefs. I don't know how they're gonna recover. Ah, shut up. They it's, did the same thing last week year. Week <laughs> one, dude. Like, come on. It is funny, like even two, like I didn't want to do any fantasy football this year. I'm doing two. I'm doing two fantasy footballs. And it's funny how some people, one player doesn't do good one week, and they're like, I got to drop him. I'm like, eh, he had one bad game. You got to gotta ride it out. And I think that's how it is with a lot of these football teams. You got to just, you got to you gotta feel it out. But, yeah. Well, you want to guess how long we went? I have no idea. I had a lot of fun doing it. I hope I did okay. This is probably the worst to date. <laughs> I knew it, man. I felt it. <laughs> How long do you think? Maybe an hour, 15 minutes, hour 15, maybe. Hour 30. Wow. I don't know if you'll beat Miles and me. Miles, no. me and Miles could have gone another two hours. <laughs> but um, I love this this type of time right here, One thirty. I feel like this is a, we got a, got a lot of topics down. We've talked about a lot of things and. I just, uh, I'm glad you were able to be on here, Dad. And like I said, this is something that, it's a big dream for me. It's something that I've wanted to do this for so long, and I keep saying that every podcast. But it, this is something that I'm very passionate about, and I just love talking to people, and I love telling funny stories. And this is what me and my dad already do when we do come up here. We're just sticking mics and putting headphones on our on our body right now. So I'm just, um, I'm so blessed I'm able to do this. Um, you know, I got to thank 
you know, my dad and, you know, even, even God to just giving me this opportunity to do this. And I'm just so blessed to have everybody support it. And I'm just going to keep going with it. And if you didn't like this one, don't tell me, you know. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me especially. <laughs> but um, I love doing it. And uh, thank you, Dad. And I appreciate you being on. I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I'm glad that you uh, let me come on. And it was fun. I enjoyed it. I do have a shout out, though. I, I want to shout out to my wife, Carla, and just say... Uh, yeah, she's great and always a support for me. And uh, had to get a shout out. Yeah, got to give a shout out. Yep. You want to plug a handle or anything? My Instagram handle or a handle? <laughs> That's what they say for like at the end of podcasts. It'd be like, you know, say if someone wrote a book or something, you want to plug anything, you know, like, you know what that means? Yeah, I guess you're pushing it or something. No, like, is there anything you want to plug? Like, if you have any dates or you're going to be doing a seminar, it's like, hey, I'm going to be uh, in San Diego uh, around this time doing book signings. Uh, <laughs> never mind, dude. My no, dad is the, not... o- the only thing I want to do is, is stay up here and enjoy the beautiful wilderness. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> My dad didn't get it, but yeah, I'm you slow. guys got it. But thank you, everybody. Uh, Love y'all, and uh, you guys have a uh, good weekend. Take care. It's the what it do.